Shut up and sit down. Have you ever downloaded that proven funnel or tried that proven marketing strategy only to see the campaign fall flat on its face? Look, I know I've been there. I've been there before, but now after years and years of trial and error, I've actually been able to hire the right mentors, figure out what works, and now I can confidently make any campaign work because now I know the secret sauce. I've created the Guide Marketing Podcast to be able to share with you all the tips and tricks and strategies that I'm learning that really make or break a campaign. Let me guide you through the abyss of information out there. Welcome to the Guide Marketing Podcast. Hey guys, Zach here with the Guide Marketing Podcast. I may be interrupted here because it is around the time the baby usually wakes up. So, so there may be multiple segments to uh, to this particular podcast, but um, I wanted to just kind of express gratitude. Okay, so like I, I just, I really, I got a really nice note from a gentleman that listens to the podcast here and um, just unbelievable. I, I love the fact that just me talking into my phone can help somebody. Uh, so I'm going to keep doing it, you know. Um, <laughs> and in the meantime, let me tell you some other epiphanies. One, one thing that I really love about marketing in general, I love the fact that it changes every three to six months. Sorry, I had to get some water. I love the fact that marketing changes so much because you know what? My One of my superpowers is learning. I absolutely love it. I love learning. I don't know what it is. I just really enjoy learning. Even useless, seemingly useless facts. I just I find useless facts fascinating. Uh, so the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is just because I, for the last, you know, it's almost been three years, three years since, um, is it three years? Or is it two? I don't know. I don't even know. When did I join? <laughs> the crap. Uh, I'm going to have to look into that. But anyway, two or three years um, in doing this journey, there have been so many times that I'm like, oh, I get it. Right? I'm on it. I totally understand now what to do. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm like... You know, and, and I have this epiphany and I'm like, that's it. I've made it. I figured it out. I've, I've cracked the code. And what's hilarious about that is I keep saying that over and over again, which means I never actually crack the code because the code changes. That's what I'm saying. The, everything, everything changes so darn drastically and quickly. So my latest epiphany and, and, knowledge in cracking this code is what I call the elephant method. Um, I created that. That is that is mine. <laughs> so um, it was like a culmination. And, and other people talk about doing the same thing. It's just that particular process is m my brain's way of piecing everything together. Okay, that's just the way like I had heard, there are different methods of doing of, of accomplishing the same thing. But for me, it just, none of those really, like, clicked. 
And then finally something in my brain clicked with it, but I couldn't put it out into words. And I don't know if you remember this. It was a, a little while ago. I actually like, I kind of vented the, the thoughts and, and came up with this elephant method. And since doing that, which used to be a three-step method, now it's a five-step, uh, completely five steps. Okay. And that's going to continue to hone in. That's going to continue to be refined. So, so let me, I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through this epiphany real quick. Okay. So I understood long ago that, look, you want to be in a red ocean market, but you want to take away from that to make yourself different from the rest, creating your own blue ocean. Okay. That's a concept I learned from one of the first marketing books I read, which is expert secrets. Okay. So I'm like, okay, next question. How do you do that? Okay. And I had no idea. You know, I thought you literally had to create like your own niche, which in a sense you're doing by creating a blue ocean, but not really. You're just really distinguishing yourself. So, so then I'm like, okay, how do you do that? Right. And so it took me forever to figure out a process, a sure way to like actually accomplish that. Right. So while I'm trying to figure out how do I make a blue ocean? Okay. So for example, I know marketing. I, I don't always um, explain it the best, but I know marketing, you know, and I have had early, I had early success with marketing and then I had a bunch of struggles and then I had some more success and then I had a bunch of struggles and now I'm at this point where I'm back at a success uh, part of the roller coaster, which is fantastic. Um, but in the meantime, I'm still like, working out all this stuff. Right. And, uh, and it's like, okay, so, so the, the epiphany I had was, okay, you gotta create a blue ocean while I'm trying to figure that out. I start hearing seeds to future epiphanies. So for example, I heard, I heard this pretty amazing idea from Dan Locke from listening to his podcast, um, where he says, you know, he talks about sales. He says, when you sell, you don't want to sell the thing. You actually just want to sell a concept. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to sell a marketing course. I need to sell the concept that you can't just copy and paste your way through marketing. You can't just take a template, take an ad, copy and paste everything and, and expect it to work. There's other elements to that that are missing. Okay. And, um, that's, that's where kind of the map system became a thing too, because anyway, I'm not getting into the map system yet. Okay. I'll get there. But, <laughs> um, so I'm like, oh yeah. So you, you sell the concept and if they believe the concept of what you offer of, of avoiding getting away from their pain, whatever that might be, if you can sell that concept, if they believe that concept the vehicle doesn't matter. The The thing itself doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a course. It doesn't matter if it's a coaching program. It does not matter because they're sold on the concept. Okay. So that seed was planted uh, months ago, months ago. All right. And then I discovered this, I, I worked out this elephant method thing and I've implemented it and it has been amazing. It has been amazing. In fact, guys, that goes beyond the ad. Okay. The elephant method needs to go throughout your entire funnel, including emails. 
Okay, so so just always remember that stinking elephant method. I just freaking love it. I love it to death. Like seriously, um, just because it works. And and to me, it's so much simpler. It's so much simpler than some of the other things I've heard to to help develop this. Um, in fact, I posed the I posed the question in in the ClickFunnels Facebook group. How many of you have a hard time? Uh, creating a blue ocean. The first comment said, I do. I have a hard time with it, right? And the rest of them, which I expected because the ClickFunnels Facebook group is completely full of arrogant people. <laughs> arrogant people that are like, oh, I have to prove that I know this thing so that people will see my comment and they might ask for my help. So so people are like, oh no, it's easy. Like you just gotta follow what Russell Brunson says and you gotta do the OFA challenge and you know all you have to do is research your your niche and you know and then talk about the frustration. But it's so much more than that. It, it's not that it's not like that. At least my brain doesn't doesn't work that way. Okay. It needs more detail. It needs something more. Um Anyway, so the elephant method became a thing, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it started working for a lot of stuff. So I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. Elephant method for the win. Then, then I started getting into content, right? The whole organic traffic, build your authority, personal branding, okay? Because I feel like that is a piece, a component that I have not really, I have not really gone into very much. And to be honest with you, you kind of need to, okay, like for longevity, okay? Can you have a successful funnel and make a lot of money without it? Yes. Is that sustainable from a long business, long-term perspective? It depends. It depends on your niche. If you're an info product space, no, it's not sustainable. No, you have to build a brand. You have to build that authority. If you are like a professional service, you know, like a counselor, life coach, things like that, maybe you, you might be able to just whip out a funnel and just kind of stay in the shadows. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. For me, I feel like it's really important for what I'm looking to accomplish here. Uh, I'm looking to change affiliate marketing forever. Um, I'm also looking to transform the way mentorship is done that's, by the way, that's a whole nother project that I wanted to do in 2020. It's not happening in 2020. If anything, it's not going to be until like 2022. Okay. But I am sincerely looking to completely change the way mentorship is done. And I'm completely looking to change affiliate marketing forever. Those are my goals. Okay. So I started looking into content, right? And, you know, the king of content was, would probably be uh, Peng Jun. So I went to Peng June and bought some stuff and I got a content calendar. I was pretty impressed. I thought it was pretty cool. I learned I learned another key component with, from Peng June that has nothing to do with content, um, that it has more to do with targeting. And so I added that to the elephant method. That's step number five, okay? Um, so, oh my gosh. And so I'm like, oh, it was such a great epiphany. And I truly stand by that, but there was unbeknownst to me, there was one more thing. And I say that now, but then I might say next week, there's one, there was one more thing again. I don't know, because that's the way this seems to be happening. I thought my three-step elephant method process was perfect. And then I thought, mm, maybe it'd be better to explain a fourth step. And then uh, from Peng Jun, I got a fifth step. 
And then that seed that was planted by Dan Locke months ago about selling a concept instead of a thing, it has finally sprouted and blossomed into something amazing. So across four podcasts that I listened to, one guy has been interviewed across four podcasts. That hasn't even happened. That that didn't happen for um, Blake Newbar and his whole changing affiliate thing, uh, which by the way doesn't really change anything in affiliate marketing. <laughs> there were some there were some really good tips. I'm not saying it was not valuable. His course was valuable. Does it change the affiliate landscape? No, not at all. Like for real. Anyway, uh, I did not hear any interviews from him. Right. Even the knowledge business blueprint, I did not hear, I think I heard one interview on a different podcast talking about it. Yeah, obviously, Dean was talking about it on his podcast, but I'm saying Dean was interviewed by one other person. I don't remember who it was now, but but this guy, he got into four podcasts to market this thing. And I got to tell you, I am thoroughly impressed. Number one, he gives away a lot on the podcast, which I love it when people do that because I am a professional master learner. That is the one skill I feel like I have really mastered pretty well. And uh, when somebody gives away a lot on a podcast, I can take that and develop it into like a tangible thing, like nine times out of 10. Okay. And the reason they can give that out is because most people, they hear it once. And they, they say, oh, I'm going to listen to that again. They never do, number one. Number two, they go, oh, I can, I can implement that. And then as soon as they try to start, they go, wait, now what do I do? And they get stuck. And then they say, oh, I need to, I need to pay this guy. I'm a little bit different, okay? Um, like, I don't know what it is, but I can just pick something up really fast and memorize it. Put it to memory. Like, for real. <clears throat> Unless it has to do with like a shopping list. <laughs> yeah, I'm special. I don't know. Anyway, okay. So, <laughs> so this guy, his name is Brandon Lucero. Okay, so I am thoroughly impressed because here's what he does. He says, look, there are three steps to content. Okay, the first step is you need to establish basically a status or a common bond with people, right? So your, your first things of content need to mention, need to mention who you're talking to in a, in a, in a way you don't want to say like attention, digital marketers, attention, funnel hackers, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying something like this, uh, or he was saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying he was saying <laughs> something like this where, um, you know, um, how to, terrible example, hold on, let me start over. Uh, how about something like this? You know, follow, uh, follow my journey as a father of six, providing for his family from scratch as an entrepreneur. Right. Something like that. I mean, that's terrible, but I'm thinking of that on the spot. Right. So um, forgive me. <laughs> that's not, not very good. Anyway. So what am I doing though? I'm relating to parents. 
specifically fathers, but, but by saying fathers, am I only relating to fathers? Heck no. What about wives of entrepreneur dads? What about entrepreneur wives? Right? They have, they have a, a spouse, right? So they're, they're going to hear father, they're going to think of their spouse. Um, or what if a kid is thinking about getting into entrepreneurship, but like a 20 year old and their dad is telling them it's wrong or whatever. However, those words, a father of six, somehow resonate with people. That's the first set of content you need to do. It, it identifies your audience. It kind of calls them out in a way. The second is more of the concept, guys. It is the concept and doing the elephant method, like for real. Uh, Brandon Lucero, he calls it thought reversal. Like I said, everyone has their way of saying the same thing, okay? He calls it thought reversal, but I made a note. I'm like, okay, so step two is basically the elephant method, selling a concept, okay? So it, you're, you're, here's the thing about the cool thing. The elephant method by itself, it naturally, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about with the elephant method, by the way, I, I have like four or five podcasts talking about it. I have like three webinars and that you can get the replays for free. Just go to theguidemarketing.com. You get the free replays. Um, and they, they are titled Elephant Method, Elephant Method Revised, and then Elephant Audience. And uh, just watch those. Okay, you, you'll know. But anyway, so, so the Elephant Method by itself naturally sells a concept. And I, didn't, I did not do that intentionally. That was totally by accident. It naturally sells a concept. It does not naturally sell like how to. Okay. It doesn't. It 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 is it is pretty much selling of a concept. Um and it takes a different a different approach to it than your competitors. Um which is what Brandon calls thought reversal and if that rings true to you more than the elephant method that's totally fine. Uh go I have I recommend listening to all the podcasts from Brandon. Um like the art of online business. Um uh, Oh, what's that other one? It's called Thoughts something Thoughts <laughs> by Dr. Shannon Irving. I know her name. Uh I don't remember uh her her thing. And then um oh there was two other people. Anyway, I'll have to I'll have to think about that, who the other two were. But the point, here's the point. Step one in your content. The one that you want to do to cold traffic, you have to establish a bond. Step two, you have to sell a concept. And I believe both of those things should be put together. I'm going to call both of those step one. Step one is to establish common bond while selling a concept. And the concept has to be different than your competition. So so why don't we word it like this? See, look at this. I'm, I'm kind of working it out. Step one establish a common bond and sell a concept and the concept has to be a blue ocean concept so establish a common blonde blonde establish a common blonde <laughs> okay let me try this again step one establish a common bond while selling a blue ocean concept Establish a common bond while selling a blue ocean concept. That's your cold traffic content. Not how to. 
not how to. You want to sell a concept, not a tactic. Okay. Once they are sold on the concept, then you can go into how to. Okay. And you want to link the concept and that common bond to the how to. Okay. So it's, it's all going to kind of work together. Anyway, this is what Brandon talks about and it rings so true. It totally rings true with what I learned from Dan Locke months ago. It totally rings true with my elephant method and the results I'm starting to see from that. Okay. Every bit of this rings true. Okay. So I highly recommend it guys. Go check out Brandon Lucero. I have not seen, he has a, he has a free training that's going to be released here in four days on February 19th. Oh, actually you're listening to this on Monday. So, uh, two days and two days from now. Um, so go check it out. Uh, the only link I know is from Rick Mulready. So go to rickmulready.com slash four X to go check that out. I'll, I'll promote it guys. I'm, I'm fine. Look, if it gives you value, I'm happy with it. I had that uh, question from a guy in the group. He was like, can I post a thing? I'm looking for affiliates. I'm like, heck yeah, dude. You know, like if it, if it provides value and it's, it's, a, it's, it's helpful for the people in the group, honestly, I'm probably going to be okay with it. Um, I have to approve every post anyway, so you might as well just give it a shot. And if I decline it, then you can ask me why, right? Um, but anyway. All right, guys, uh, let me just think real quick if there's anything else on my mind. Uh, it's been 20 minutes. It's pretty long. Anyway, that is the latest and greatest epiphany. Um, I actually do have one other thing that maybe I could talk about real quick. I'm listening to Business Wars, like usual, and it's Nintendo versus Sony. <laughs> um, pretty awesome, actually. But there is a there's like a little section in there where it's actually Sony against Sega because Sega was coming out with the Sega Saturn at the same time or excuse me just before Sony came out with the PlayStation okay but right before the launch and uh what was interesting is the intelligence behind this okay so Sony their first PlayStation rendition was about the size of a refrigerator Okay, because they, they were, you know, doing 3D graphics and stuff, which um, they were the first to, well, they were, I guess, the second to introduce that. They were the, they were the ones that came up with the concept, so to speak. Um, and then Sega just launched their 3D graphic console before Sony. But here's the point. It was a big refrigerator, and they spent years and millions of dollars getting that into a tiny itty-bitty microprocessor so it can fit in a little itty bitty machine where which is basically as big as a CD, right? I mean it's it's it was bigger, right? It was really thick, but it was significantly smaller than a refrigerator. So anyway, here's the point. They spent all that time to develop that. Sony, uh Sega, when they heard and saw what PlayStation was doing, they had one year to try to top it, right? Knowing that they're their main competitor. And so what they did they threw together like this nightmare of <laughs> of a machine internally like it worked right it worked but they had four processors in the machine and it made it it made it nearly it just made it terrible you know from a programming standpoint for the games and stuff just four different processors and trying to get them all to work together 
uh, on top of how much is that actually costing them in parts, right? Sony was smart. They took their time. They built everything real simple for mass. It is made for mass production. They knew, they know that eventually the, the, the market would drop prices, right? And, and as the prices dropped, they wanted to make sure it did not hurt their bottom line. So they wanted to keep their manufacturing costs low. Sega was just like, we got to beat Sony on this 3D graphics thing and launch before them. And they threw together this, this mess. And it worked for Sega, right? So Sega's starting to get more customers than Sony. And so Sony, here's what Sony did. They're like, well, look, we weren't planning on price cutting for a while, but we have to beat Sega. So we know they can't cut manufacturing costs like we can. So they started price cutting like mad. And Sega had no no choice but to respond and also cut their price, okay, in order to keep up with the market. What's interesting about this to me is that what they were both concerned about more than the money they were making, they were much more concerned about market share, okay? They wanted to be the console, console, <laughs> the console to have. I am a great talker today. Anyway, they wanted the console to be in everyone's home. You know, like they wanted to be the most well-known, okay? They wanted market share. So they both just kept, you know, cutting costs, cutting costs, cutting or cutting their price, cutting their price. And Sony could handle it. They were still profitable because their cost to manufacture was way cheaper because they took their time in creating it. Okay, there's a lesson there too. Sega was losing millions of dollars, but they continued to do it because they wanted market share. Because if you guys know anything about the video game industry, the money's not in the console. The money's in the games. This is why PlayStation has consistently completely demolished the Xbox, okay? Because they focused, they've put much more focus on the games. Is the Xbox a better entertainment console? I think so, probably. But does the Xbox have better games than the PlayStation? Mm, not really. You know, all things said and done, not a whole lot. Um, so it's just an interesting concept. Anyway, the, the idea there is number one, how much are you willing to spend for a lead? Okay. Number two, build things correctly. Build it right. Okay. Don't, don't just throw something together and throw something out because the market's going to see that as garbage and then it's going to be really hard to tweak it, and make it better. Okay. So build it right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I just thought that, that was fascinating that they were able to kind of undermine it and PlayStation could spend more to acquire a customer because their costs were so low. Right. And that's a concept we've all heard in marketing a million times. Okay. That's enough. That's enough for this podcast. That's a whole lot of stuff. Um, thanks so much for listening guys. Go get your free course. It is not going to be free for long. I'm sure. It is Saturday today. I'm going to be meeting with my partners today, and we're going to be talking about increasing a price point on the course. So go get it for free now. It's at theguidemarketing.com. Go grab it. Thanks.